They sold our home. We sold everything. We gave everything away. Even our dog we gave away when we left our first time. But our realtor, um, our house sold real quick, and our realtor wanted to, um, uh, God impressed on their heart that they should give to us $50, $50 a month in support. And they, uh, it really stretched them. You know, uh, their realtor business wasn't doing well at that time, but they obeyed God and um, they followed. And uh, when we came back home uh, this time, they uh, asked us to come to dinner and um, they, their business has been blessed down in the Detroit area. They're um, signing up homes that are million dollar homes now is what they're hoping for. And they increased their they're giving to us a hundredfold, you know, it's, so it's as Lord's blessing them, they're blessing the missions field and it just goes on. So you just can't outgive God and it's just obeying what he really, it's his heart that everyone will come to know him. It is such a joy to be here. We toured this church uh, sometime July. Actually, it was July 10th. I remember the date. And when I walked in the door over here, I don't even know how to explain it, but I felt this. Oh. I, it was just a great feeling, and there weren't any people in here. And I'm, I was like, what is that? Today, I wasn't thinking about that, but as I came around the corner again, I felt it again. There were people in here this time. And I have been pondering, sitting in my seat this whole time, what is it that I feel? I'm a feeling kind of girl. What is it that I feel? What am I sensing? And I know what it is now. It's hope. If you listen to that second to the last line, I said they're living without hope. They're dying every day without hope. And when you walk in the doors of this place, the hope of the living God comes and it hits you upside the head. And those of you... Those of you who were baptized today, I wish I could congratulate you all. Please come to our table so I can wrap my arms around you. He is a God of hope. And I'm here to say, I know I'm off script. Just give me one more minute. Your life is on a different trajectory because of Jesus Christ. There's a story about, Cal uh, um, I won't say his name because we're live streaming. We'll just call him Joe. Joe was a little African boy. He grew up in a little village, and his grandma was the witch doctor. And through some satanic prophetic word, he was supposed to be the next witch doctor in the village. And he didn't want it. He was a little boy, but he grew up in a Muslim culture of shame and honor. And he would just listen to his grandmother as she would try to explain to him what his role in the village was going to be. But secretly in his heart, little Joe said, I'm going to get out of here when I can. When he was old enough to join the military, little Joe joined the military. And of all things, God sent him to a Muslim island where we just served. He, when he landed in that Muslim island, someone in his barracks had the courage to be the light of Jesus, to bring the hope of Jesus, to bring the aroma of Christ to him. And when he heard the message of the gospel for the first time in his life, he received Christ. 
He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he began to serve the living God of hope that you and I serve today. His entire life is on a different trajectory than it would have been had someone not brought the hope of Jesus to him. He actually got involved in church planting, and that is the movement he's part of today among the Muslim people planting the church. He's a friend of ours. So let's talk for a moment about... I love this place. And you know what? You not only have the best people here, you have the best pastors around. Those two. And this worship team. I tell you, it takes a lot to bring forth that worship. It takes preparation. And, and all of you who are in the worship band, I appreciated you. So let me ask you a question. What do you, what do you think of when I say the word fragrance? Oh, I love that answer. Just so happens I have some here. We usually think of perfume. What if I change the word slightly and I say aroma? Mm hmm You can smell those apple cinnamon muffins wafting down the hall as you enter. What if I say this? What is that smell, son? You know it doesn't have the same connotation, right? Or what's worse, after the hockey game, when they'd forget to leave their hockey equipment in the garage and they'd bring it in the house, and I would say, what is that stench? I want you to look with me for a moment at the scriptures to see what it has to say about fragrance, aroma. We're looking first at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Aren't you thankful for Jesus that he is a fragrant offering to God for us? But you know what? My brothers and sisters on the other side of the globe don't all know that. And so that's why we go. Now, this scripture really rattled me recently. If we look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we... We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And that's our job. And that is your job in this world to be the aroma, to be the very fragrance of Christ himself to a lost and dying world by being imitators of God. But I'm going to tell you, it takes a certain posture before him because some days, I say, God, am I smelling? Am I stenchy? Or am I really full of your love right now? And that's the posture we need to have before the Lord. I'm sorry for my anger, Lord, or I'm sorry I thought I was going to get my way. So now 
as you're thinking on aroma and fragrance, we're going to tell you a few stories about being overseas. But I want to start with the beginning, which is really, can you imagine our surprise in our late 50s when God called us to be world missionaries? I celebrated my 60th birthday on the Nile of the Bible because we said yes. But you know what? When that first came to me, will you answer the call? I was on my knees at an Assemblies of God church. And my first response was, yeah! My first response was, well, what call? What exactly do you want of me now? I need the details. And when I didn't get details, I began to cry because I realized I had just stood in a worship service. I had just raised my hand to the fragrance of God and I had told him he was worthy to be trusted. And he was my hope and he was my all in all and now he's asking something of me. And I'm silent. So I began to cry because I wasn't smelling so good. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry that I don't trust you right now. But we all know that God has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a dunamis power within us. And the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us when we don't even know what to pray. And I began to pray in the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, after a period of time, a resounding yes was literally birthed in my spirit. And I was able to say yes to the call of God, which was to go live on the other side of the world. So, my story's a little different than Karen's. <laughs> Me being an introvert like I am, I worked as a route supervisor, and I loved life on the road. I could just praise and worship my Lord just all by myself, and life was great. But then we joined an Assemblies of God church. And missions started to become real to us. We went on a few short missions trips, and I would come home, and Karen would say, boy, God's changing you. But my definitive moment where I knew we were to go on the missions field was, of all places, a funeral. It was a funeral of a young person who grew up in our uh, young peoples. Uh, he became a missionary to Libya. And it was through another organization, but he was jogging down the road one day and someone gunned him down. And then at his funeral, the pastor said, I believe Satan wanted to snuff Ronnie's life out to stop the spreading of the gospel, but I feel there will be a hundred missionaries coming forth from this funeral. And something just welled up in my heart and I knew that we were gonna go on the missions field. So we talked. This was right around the same time. Thank you for the grace, God. And we were reading a book called The Live Dead Journal, and we found out that there were billions of people in the world who'd never heard about Jesus. And we thought with the Internet, sure, everyone had heard. So we decided that we would join a Live Dead team and go to people who had never heard. And so okay. um, we're going to skip the video. Uh, where was I? So I want to say this. Missionaries are regular people. We do what we do on the other side of the globe. You do it here in America. 
the Bible says, Jesus spoke and he said, I'm the light of the world. But who knows what he said in another place in the Bible? He sure does. You are the light of the world. He doesn't say in Africa. And what about this? Jesus is the aroma or the fragrance of God. Then he says, you are the aroma. But we don't think that we're good enough or we don't think that we're capable or that we have enough. And that's where this visual comes in. Raise your hand if you see this as half full. Thank you for those hands. Raise your hand if you say, oh, no, I see half empty. Raise your hands, please. Thank you. We need both thinkers in the world. I'm here to tell you that recently I was challenged, and someone said to me, you never think you're enough. You don't think you have enough. God needs more, and so you're not the girl, or you're not the one. Or I, That can't be from God that I speak to that person right now. Would God tell me to do that? Would God tell me to go pray for somebody? And this is what she said. You look again at this jar. It is 100% full. Let me propose to you that it is not half anything. It is made up of what? Water and air. Can we just say water and God? Thank God we're not enough. Thank God that he doesn't expect us to do it all, be it all. He expects us to lean into his spirit and to listen and say, oh, spirit of the living God, how can I be a fragrance to the people across the street? How can I be the aroma of Christ to my coworkers? Oh, spirit of the living God, help me to know that it's not all about me. So we found out two things when we were in Africa. One was they revere older people. Who knew? They look at my husband's gray hairs, and they would say, that is wisdom coming out of you. Talk to us, teacher Bill. Talk to us. Another thing we learned is that Muslims are coming to Jesus. Muslims are hungry to hear. So on the next slide, we have a picture of, oh, no, we don't because we skipped the video. All right, well, I'm going to tell you about a friend, and I'm going to change his name as well. He was the manager of the mosque. We did teacher's training while we were there, so we provided a service and felt welcomed into the countries that we've been in. And he welcomed us into his mosque to do our training, and his wife was one of the teachers that we trained in educational practices. I have to make a long story short. On his deathbed, because he contacted cancer, he prayed to Jesus to forgive him of his sins. He had been affected by the aroma. He had heard. You see, faith comes by hearing, and at some point we need to speak. And that's his little girl in the yellow, and there she is squeezing my cheeks. Would you believe with me? We'll call her Rhoda. Would you believe with me that she will come to know the same Jesus? And incidentally, his wife, when our team was leaving there, she said these words, I used to hate Christians. Now they're my favorite people. Because she was affected with the aroma of Christ. Because our team wafted into her village, lived shoulder to shoulder. I'll do this. Okay, uh, next slide. Um, this is our language teacher. Um, he... He um, heard the, uh, we, we gave him the gospel 
it's called Njili in, in, that, in their country. Uh, but he's read it numerous times. And he's 35 years old. And he would say, how come I'm 35? And I've seen the cross on people that would ride in my boat. And nobody's ever told me about the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm 35 years old. And I, would, I have to wonder, he's first generation that, have, that has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 from the NLT, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelievers from generation to generation to generation. They have not heard the gospel. Safi is the first person to hear this message. And we're believing one day that he will accept the Lord. But then I have to wonder, no one in my family ever knew Christ before I did. But I had a neighbor who moved in. I was eight years old when my mom died, 12 years old when my dad remarried. And I felt rejected because my stepmother refused to come and live in our home. So I turned to the streets, I turned to drugs and alcohol. But I had a neighbor who knew Jesus Christ, who caught me stealing some, some liquor from a store, and he said he'd pray for me. He showed that aroma for 16 years. I would watch him out my front window going to church. I saw him praying over his meals. I just observed this family that I just wanted to be part of, but it took me that long to accept him as my Lord. And I, I was at rock bottom when I came to know him. I tried to commit suicide. I've tried, I tried everything in the drug world. And it was through his prayers and that aroma that brought me, that just started to, to um, open my eyes, to take that darkness from my mind that Satan put in there from generation to generation. My dad accepted him close to his deathbed, but there's still much work to be done in my family, as in many of our families. So we just pray that we can be that aroma that can come and show that light that will just eliminate that darkness in our minds that we can hear that word, that gospel of Jesus Christ. And then there's a story, I'll call him Jody, uh, to protect him. Uh, he was, ha was not a Christian. He'd heard the message of Jesus for 12 years. Someone stood there sharing the presence, the aroma of Christ. And one day, which is quite typical in places that we go, his little sister was falling out under demonic attack again. 
And his heart just went to her as he watched her thrashing on the ground. And he said to himself, what if that man who's a Christian is telling me truth? What if? Because he had begun to be stirred. So he walked over and very quietly, he said one word over his sister. Can you guess it? And the peace. When he said Jesus, she was completely still. And I'm going to make another long story short. They are both saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they attend Assemblies of God churches on the other side of the world. God is alive, and God is powerful. And there is a part you can play with us today. We have prayer cards. We ask that you take our prayer card and just pray because I believe that God is calling people to join alongside of us. And here's what it's to do, to push back the darkness. Do you see it in your spirit? Do you see the darkness being pushed back here in America, here in your neighborhoods, and across to the other side of the globe through prayer? Can we not push back the darkness with the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the hope giver, the healer, the deliverer, the mighty God, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus. If we would but whisper those prayers, scream those prayers, dance those prayers, can we not change the world from this church and from this city? Recently, this scripture has come alive. I'm sorry I'm going out of text order and everything, and it's almost noon, so we've got to end it in a few minutes. <laughs> I just want to read to you from the book of Revelation. And I'm not going to stop, and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to read these powerful words. And I want you to think of prayer. What does it say about my prayers? Will it matter if I pray for those missionaries? Here we go. I'm on. I'm sorry I don't have a slide. Revelations 5, and I'm going to start with verse 8, ESV. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, this is why we go, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Jump down to verse 12, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever can you hear it be blessing and glory and honor forever and might because he's worthy this is why we go because he's worthy and people are sitting in darkness and as my husband said they're blinded and they need to hear the gospel of Jesus should we die? Okay.
It's eight minutes to 12. Um, I think we should close. Do you have another? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, to, to, the next, to the next slide. Okay, so uh, the one after that. So uh, we were living in Aswan, Egypt, and we're, we lived on a third floor apartment. And we would do our language studies. And one day, we heard a deafening wail that was very demonic. And it came from all these women that were outside of this home. And we're wondering, what is going on out here? Why are all these women congregating together? And if you go to the next slide, just being ushered out of their home and right out in front of our balcony came this person. They have to get him into the grave uh, within 24 hours of his death. So they're bringing him out of our village and into the uh, gravesite. And I'd have to wonder, how many people did he ever hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? I know I never saw the man. And there's not too many Christians in that village, so most likely he never heard the gospel. And that's sad that no, nobody could speak to him. I don't know if we'll see him in heaven. Some things can happen. Who knows? But I know we never said anything, and our team leaders never said anything. So that's why we go. That's why we go to our neighbors. That's why we, it's a changing culture in America. It's a changing culture in Africa. So we have to speak. We cannot be silent anymore as Christians. And it, and it just came to me a while ago that as a nine-year-old boy, I would go to church and my dad would leave. He would just go home and leave us there. And I would think, what a hypocrite he is. He can't come in, but he expects me to go in. So I would just sit on the steps of that church waiting for him to pick me up. And people would be going into the church. Not one person would ever ask me, boy, why are you sitting here? Why don't you come in? And I wonder how many people are outside of our churches just asking, wondering about Jesus Christ, and we just walk by. I know there's quite a few that I've walked by in the grocery store, in the our granddaughter soccer matches where I don't say a word. We have to have that bold courage to go out and speak the words of Jesus Christ so that not one person will be lost because faith comes by hearing and hearing is the word. And we have to get the word out that Jesus Christ is the one that died for our sins, that he was in the grave, that he rose again. It's different than any, any other religion. They, in the Muslim world, they believe that Jesus is just the greatest prophet of all time, but he didn't die. And that's not my gospel, because without him, I do not have that relationship with the Lord. And so that's why we go. That's why we go in our grocery stores and across the world.
For we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, and the excellency of the power is of God. It is not of ourselves. And I would just like to read one last scripture and, and put a challenge out, a challenge out to myself as well. I challenged myself the other day. I said, you know, you're going around and speaking in churches. Where are there lost people where you're living right now, Karen? You're not exempt, Karen. We need to constantly be aware of this treasure in our earthen vessel and the fact that we have the aroma of God and this church has the hope. The hope is just exuding out of the walls of this place. You have the hope of Christ to a lost and dying world. So I would just like, if you saw this and you said, yeah, that's me, that's me, I, don't, I see myself as not enough, not enough, I'd like to challenge you today to lay that down and have God shift your thinking so that you can be on a trajectory about your father's business in a new way, in a fresh way. Or if you saw the perfume and you said, you know, I do need to check myself every day. There was a time when I called for a prayer meeting because I wanted stuff in my life to change. And you know what? When we started praying in the Spirit, this is what the Lord said to me. You think you're, because I kept saying, I'm hanging by a thread. I'm hanging by a thread. I'm not going to make it. And he said, the thread you're hanging on to is anger. That's because I dared to pray. And I said, God, I am so sorry. Forgive me of my anger. But if I let go, God, I'm going to fall into a and he said, look down. And he said, you will fall upon the rock of Jesus Christ. And you will be steadfast. And you will be stable. And that gave me the courage in that moment to let go of my anger. And I landed on the rock. He is faithful. And not everything in my life changed. All my situations didn't all suddenly become rosy. But I was different. And I'd like to ask you, how do you think I was smelling when I was walking around with anger and didn't even know I was full of anger? A born-again Christian mad at everything going on in her life. We have a responsibility before our Abba Father because of our love for him to ask, Lord, let my aroma be one of perfume or sweet fragrance or those apple muffins. So we're going to pray. I, I just think we should sit on the steps just to draw that visual of my husband as that little boy. And you know, Jeff... Halavin is the superintendent. He spoke at district and he said, it's not our job to judge the soil. We plant the seed. We don't say, oh, that person would never want to hear about the gospel. If we did that, we'd stay home. We wouldn't go. We just plant the seed and even do ridiculous things because we feel prompted by Christ to pray for people maybe that we don't even know that we passed by in the car and we say, oh, I feel to pray for that person, but I'm never going to see him again. That's okay. Let's learn to say yes to God. That's what I'm working on. Lord, thank you so much for letting us come and experience the presence of you in this place. I thank you for the leadership over this church that's welcomed us and has led this church well. And Lord, we know that you are the victor as the musicians and singers portray today. And we thank you that we are part of your body. And Lord, we pray for the lost in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our 
job places in our, on the soccer field, as Bill said. We pray, God, that you would use us and that you would open blinded eyes, that you would let us push back the darkness through our prayers so that when we speak, people are able to respond. And at the very last book of the Bible, you all know it's Revelation, the very last chapter, chapter 22, verse 17, the spirit and the bride, that's us, folks, the spirit and the bride say, come. Would you say, come with me? Come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Imagine it's all without price. And so, Lord, we say, help us to say, come to our neighbors. Help us to hear when you say, come to us, to, to come to you to lay down anger or to lay down our, our own selfish ways. Lord God, let that word come be fresh and anew to us. Bless this church and everyone in it, and even those listening from afar in Jesus' name. Amen.